0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, this has disaster written all over. it. Welcome in. We're live here on this Thursday, one day closer to a long Labor Day week, and Appreciate you guys joining me here on A to Z. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Of course, follow the entire network at Locked On ATL. Lots to get to here, including news that I knew was coming, but I still hate that it's here and Georgia-Oregon getting one day closer. A lot to look forward to there as well. I wanted to start with the Atlanta Braves because they snapped their three-game losing streak last night as they beat the Colorado Rockies 3-2. Kyle Wright gets his 17th win. And while it felt good um, to, you know, get back in the win column and obviously uh, not lose another game to the Colorado Rockies, the Mets also won last night. Uh, so that keeps the Braves right where they are in the standings behind the New York Mets in the chase for the NL East right now, they sit at three games back and they got their 80th win of the year. So everything seems like, you know, it's falling right back where it needs to be. Um, two things. One, the summer Kenley Jansen last night who gave up a two run bomb. It was a three nothing lead into the ninth, And uh, it's funny because I had on one of the gambling shows I do, I had given out the Braves minus one and a half on the run line. And uh, after Austin Riley hit the uh, two-run homer in the first, I'm starting to feel good. And then they're 3 nothing. And I'm sitting here going, oh, they're going into the ninth. I literally changed the channel. I literally stopped watching the game because uh, I was like, Jansen's going to come in, close the door, we'll get out of here, and we'll cover this uh, minus one and a half on the run line. What's not to be? Jansen gives up a two-run homer and Braves win by one, and uh, lose it. And the only thing I think that's alarming about it is, you know, look, uh, I get that guys are going to blow saves. I, I Closures, are, it's going to happen to them. There's, there's no getting around it. We've said this repeatedly. But uh, it's how you come to the next one. Are you clean right through? Do you just mow them down one, two, three, and everything looks like it went back into, into place where it was supposed to go? I think that, to me, is one of the bigger marks of your closure and how good they're going to be or how consistent they can be, how much you can trust them because – You're going to have situations where you slip up. It's just baseball. The numbers will always dictate that nobody's going to be 100% perfect through an entire season. It's really, really, really hard. And so from that standpoint, you know, uh, the fact that Jansen gave up a two-run bomb was a little bit disconcerting. Am I worried? No. Um, Is it in the back of my mind that maybe one more of these could be a little bit more of an issue than we expect? Yeah. That's kind of where I am right now. Uh, and it's a bad time to have it happen because it's not exactly like you have a whole lot of time to fix things. right? You, this happens in April or May. You're like, okay, take him out of the role for a little bit. Let him work set up. Bring him back in. Let us see if he can feel comfortable and everything else. You're in the middle of a pant race right now. You can't, uh, you, you can't 100% you know, make a change like this down the stretch. Of all things, you want to be solidified right now. Your bullpen has to be there. I mean, you you could spot-start anybody down the stretch if you need to. If your bullpen is trustworthy, then you're going to be good. So the Jansen thing, to say the least, a little bit um, disconcerting is, is the word that I'll use. The other thing that is more than disconcerting at this point, I've talked about it several times already, is something I think that is ultimately going to, to play out poorly. I'll tell you what that is in a moment, but first a word from our friends at BetOnline.net. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. That's BetOnline.net. You'll find reviews for every league, news of every league, Major League Baseball. Talk about the playoff push. NFL right around the corner. College football here already and more this weekend. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, they've got you covered. And of course, you can come to me. I use BetOnline.net, so I get a lot of my information from there. If you're hearing it from me, you know where you're getting it from. You head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, once again, We are getting reports after a Braves game about Ronald Acuna's knee. Now, Acuna returned to the lineup after three games off. Coincidentally, the Braves lost all three of those games. He DH last night, hit a home run, turned out to be a pretty pivotal one, as uh, it was the game-winning home run. And he said after a game through an interpreter that his knee feels, quote, terrible. Now, laughing when he said it, he was joking around, but, and this is, again, according to Dave O'Brien of The Athletic, But clearly, you know, making a point to say that it bothers him. He said, we're going to play through it until the season's over. If it feels good to be, it feels good to be able to help and support the team. The most important thing is we won the game. Okay. Uh, I don't like any of this. This feels like it has disaster written all over it. As I said a moment ago, if this was May, he'd be on the I.L. There's not a doubt in my mind. If this was May, he'd be on the I.L. Because we have turned the calendar to September. Happy September, everybody. Because we have turned the calendar to September, and they are in the thick of a pennant race trying to snatch back the NL East and win it again, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to play through this. Now, everyone will say immediately, of course he needs to play through it. That's what what you're supposed to do. That's what you get paid for. That's why you get paid big bucks, so you can play through the pain. And that's what we expect of athletes, play through the pain. That's fair. Playing through the pain with something like this could come at a cost that is more costly than what you're doing. Now, again, some of this flies right in the face of things that i said. You win as many World Series as you can. You treat every year like you've never won the World Series. You play as hard as you can for as long as you can to win as much as you can. I agree. I'm not backing off that stance. And I'm not sitting here saying, well, just shut him down. You won the World Series without him last year. You're not a better team without Ronald Acuna. But something about this feels as terrible as Ronald Acuna's knee. I don't like it. I don't want this to be the beginning of the story that ends with, quote, he was never the same again. I mean, this is the cornerstone piece of your franchise. Now, again, I don't know. I think there's ways they can work around this. Can they DH him? Does it make him feel better? Maybe, you know, but if you DH him, now you're running into a whole different set of problems for Brian Snicker that the lineup has to deal with. Right. Um, which is again, Ozzy, coming back and we thought Vaughn bon Grissom could DH. Now where is he going to go? And it's all over the place, man. It is a very, very tough situation to deal with. And uh, I, I am praying it doesn't go down that road. But it feels like we are headed for that level of story this offseason. Everybody keeps saying that there's nothing to indicate that his knee would be bad or would need to be operated on again this offseason. Nobody knows that for sure, and you won't know until the season's over. Let's hope he can keep it together. Hope he can keep it together. Uh, One other quick note on the Braves, and Brian Secker brought this up, and I'd love to dive into this deeper at some point. Brian Snicker uh, basically said, uh, quote, we hit homers and we strike out. I mean, you look at the stats, it's pretty evident that's just kind of the way we are. Take it from somebody who uh, watched a team do that for like a decade, hit home runs or strike out. You don't win a lot of World Series doing that. Uh, And and being a Yankee fan, you get used to that and it's kind of annoying. Um, And I only bring this up to say, I hope that's not the case. When they get to the playoffs, when you face really good pitching, guess what happens? You strike out more than you hit home runs. That's problematic. And when you do hit home runs, they're typically solo home runs. Not a lot of dudes are on base. Write this down in your mental Rolodex and leave it there. Uh, And I I hope I don't end up saying I told you so. But if that's the philosophy going into the playoffs, there is some concern about the viability to end up winning another World Series. It's a bad offensive philosophy, and it always will be. Trust me. All right, coming up next, uh, this is news I knew was coming. I hate that it's coming. I hate the news, but I'm just going to have to live with it. That's next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast search, Locked On Sports Atlanta welcome back to a to z here on locked on sports atlanta free on youtube and wherever you get your podcast it's locked on sports atlanta give us a follow on twitter at locked on atl and at mark Zinno, m-a-r-k-z-i-n-o check out all the shows across the locked on atl network I'll tell you about this every day guys because we do have a great lineup a lot of great people putting on uh, some quality work here that you need to check out on a routine basis after a to Z, have hit hard with john chuckery atl day ones today to and jarvis davis don't forget about our Braves postcast with grant mccauley and others after every Braves game. And of course, Locked On Falcons with Aaron Freeman, Locked On Hawks with Brad Rowan. It is an incredible crew here. Uh, We're already near 3,000 subscribers on YouTube after just a couple of months. So make sure you guys subscribe, Derek, hit that thumbs up to all of our content. We certainly appreciate it. And thanks for being part of this Locked On Sports Atlanta journey. All right. uh, We'll dive into what could go wrong for Georgia here as they uh, look to repeat as national champions coming up next. But I got the news uh, yesterday and it was after I had already recorded uh, A to Z. And so I I wanted to spend some time on it today. But uh, according to uh, the athletic Nicole Auerbach and Matt Fortuna, uh, we are getting the news that I knew was coming, um, that I hate that it's coming, uh, that I'm bothered by the fact that it's coming. But I I know that this was eventually going to happen. Uh, It was a fait accompli. And here we are. And that news is simply that um, there is a meeting Friday for the folks who make up college football playoffs top governing body um, to try and already talk college football expansion as those talks are, quote, trending in a positive way. Um, The sources are saying that they weren't sure tomorrow's meeting will get a vote on a 12-team format that was publicly vetted last year, but that's the direction that they are heading. Um, Look, I'm so anti-expansion, it's ridiculous. Uh, I really am. I don't see the need for it. Uh, I I. I think you're watering down the product. I think four is good enough. I think the way it sets up now lends perfectly to, you know, uh, what you're trying to accomplish uh, when you have five, quote, power conferences and you have four slots there. Everything matters. Every game matters across the board. There is a certain amount of uh, perfection that you want to try to attain in order to be in the college football playoff. And I understand all that, and I think I, I think it's great. Um, On the same respect, there's just way too much money uh, that they are leaving on the table every year. So the commissioners of the 5 power conferences and the college football playoff executive director, Bill Hancock, you know, uh, they they realize how much more money is involved in this thing if they expand, and they literally can't walk away from it. Uh, As a capitalist, I I understand it. As sort of a purist for the sport and somebody who wants to see – This main this format maintained for an extended period. I I hate this whole thing. I I genuinely do. Oh, you know, yeah, you're just being a negative, Nancy or Debbie Downer. Why don't you want expansion? Because I don't want to see Wisconsin get their butts kicked in the first round of the college football playoff. Because I don't care that you know teams like Cincinnati and UCF feel like they have a right to be there. No, they don't. They're not at the same level. It's not the same level of competition. Oh, but everybody deserves a chance. They do have a chance. Go out and play a risk schedule, beat no opponents, and you'll have a chance. It's that simple. I mean, I am all for every year seeing the best teams get there. And and I'm sorry that the American is not the best football conference in America. Okay. that's That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. I'm totally okay with the format the way it is. I don't care that two SEC teams get there. Give me the best four teams every year, and that's all I care about. And I think we've gotten that pretty much every single year of the college football playoff, maybe with the exception of one. We even got it with the BCS for the record, maybe with the exception of one. I think it was that Clemson Auburn year. I forget what year it was, like, like in the in the early stages of the uh of the BCS. But regardless. So I, I am anti-expansion, but again, leaving this much money on the table is problematic uh to lot of the commissioners and everything else but there's one thing that they need to do and i'll tell you what that is in a second first to work from our friends at coffee am guys best small batch coffee roaster in america every day you'll hear me tell you about them and every day i start my day with coffee am why it's delicious it smells great it tastes great uh and it's just the perfect coffee if you love to drink coffee they're they are so fresh they are roasted and shipped on the same day or close to it, so you know you're getting the high-quality stuff on the only raw specialty-grade current crops uh, that that give you flavors from around the world, you know? And that's the crazy part about it. I never thought I'd enjoy coffee from Sumatra or Costa Rica. Like, I just thought coffee came from coffee, right? You know, Juan Valdez, Colombia. No, Coffee AM does a whole lot more than that. These flavors are amazing. You have to try them out. You can go to coffeeam.com. Backslash locked on and check out the full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America, and it's right here in Georgia.
1: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
0: All right, here's what I'd like to see more than anything from this, okay? I understand that there's a rush to get this done, and with the current TV deal expiring, I think, in 2024, 2025, or 2025, 2026, kind of deal where there's 2025 season the playoff is in the year 2026. Um, you know, they are estimating that two additional years of that, if they, you know, Accelerate the timeline and, and do it before the current TV contract is up. Could be worth approximately half a billion dollars in additional revenue. And there are other teams, there are other, I'm sorry, other conferences right now that are lusting after this money. The Big 12 needs the money. The Pac 12 needs the money, right? The ACC, yes and no, I, I, they've been pretty static, but they've also been a lesser league, but they haven't exactly been poached and teams aren't exactly leaving. So they're pretty consistent with where they are. But Those other two conferences really want the money and they want it now. Um, And their desire to do it, I think, is flawed. I wish they would sit there and figure out all these schools moving conferences first. Just do that. Like, if you're going to get to a 12-team playoff, then either give me six conferences or four and automatic qualifying bids. Fine. Fine. I know some of these, these uh, commissioners are, were anti the automatic qualifier a bit. You know, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren um, last year voted down the expansion because of the automatic qualifier for the Power Five. Uh, but now he's softening his stance on that. Just get the conference realignment stuff done first. Get in a room, figure out what's best for everybody, okay, and try to level this thing out as best you can before you do the expansion. Because if you do the expansion and then you got things moving again, you're going to alter the expansion again to fit the changes of the conferences. It only makes sense to do it that way. Like just take a minute, figure out what you want the conferences to look like, who's going to be invited into the power six, who's not, and then go ahead and execute the playoff and the format accordingly. Like the NFL and major league baseball and the professional teams, They don't change their conferences or their divisions much because that stability allows for tweaks to the format of the postseason and everything else, which they do routinely, but they keep the base of it the same. And that's what I think college football needs to do first is just settle what the conferences are going to look like. Move everybody around now, put all the pieces on the board where they need to be, and then go ahead and execute the uh, the playoff format. Because in reality, okay, and, and again, I'm okay with this, but in reality, the way the Big Ten and the SEC are set up now, half of the college football playoff or eight teams are going to be from those two conferences. then Then why have automatic qualifiers? Period. Like, don't do that then just give out the bids as they are. There's no reason to have an automatic qualifier when you have two heavy-laden conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC. Make this make sense to me. If you're going to expand, which I know you are because the money is there, please go ahead and fix the conference realignment issue first. It's my loan request. My loan, loan request. All right, coming up next, we'll hand out a shovel of wisdom as well. Everything looks like it's gone right for the Bulldogs this offseason. What could go wrong that could derail their championship hopes in back-to-back seasons, that's next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment. It's free on YouTube. Wherever you get your podcast. you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday. Appreciate making A to Z part of your everyday sports. Listen, before we get to the Bulldogs, they get set to take on Oregon and what could go wrong this year. Now time for a shuffle of wisdom.
1: Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom.
0: Ah, of course, every day we have to hit somebody right upside the head with a Shovel of Wisdom. Set them straight for doing or saying something stupid. You can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Mark Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my Shovel goes to Matthew Carlisle. Matthew Carlisle uh, is, a, I guess, a patron of an L.A. fitness gym right here in Marietta. In fact, they knew exactly where this gym is uh, on Terrell Mill. And uh, I've actually worked out at that gym before for a short time. For the record, not a big L.A. fitness fan. It's a uh, it's a weird place to work out, bro. I mean, it's just not like people are not really. It's more like a social hour than actually working out. But I'm still a meathead, so that's a whole different conversation. Anyway, uh, last week, Matthew Carlisle um snuck into the women's locker room shortly before closing. Matthew is obviously not a woman. Um and he jumped in the shower and grabbed a woman showering naked uh and basically assaulted her. The woman pushed him off, um, causing him to trip and fall down. She ran away yelling for help. Uh Carlisle was arrested at the scene, obviously, after getting a description, and he was charged with, get this. Felony Count of Peeping Tom, Disorderly Conduct, and Sexual Battery. Uh, yeah. Well, by the way, I didn't really know that Peeping Tom was an actual crime. Uh, interesting to note that it is. But, yeah, yeah uh, don't do this, you weirdo maniac. You, I, I mean, I, I guess if you're working in the gym, you're not really paying attention to stuff like that. But, yeah, it, and it was closing time, and everyone's trying to get out of there, and blah, blah, blah. Just insanely stupid stuff. Uh, hey, dude. And there's there's a lot of other ways to uh, handle your business than running into the women's locker room. That's all I'll say, and leave it at that. Before I get myself in trouble. Okay. All right. Let's get to uh, the Georgia Bulldogs uh, and the season preview, real quick, uh, from Chip Towers, uh, who covers the dogs, one of the best in the biz. And you know, he kind of just goes uh, up and down the list of things that could go right and could go wrong uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I, I think he hits on some really fine points here. I just want to kind of go over with you. About one Stetson Bennett. Um, Can Stetson Bennett duplicate? And these are my words, not his, but I'm asking the question Can Stetson Bennett duplicate what he did last year and build on it and be even better? Because at the end of the day, Stetson's not going to have the luxury of an all world, all time defense working for him. Defense is going to be pretty good, still going to be good, but he's not going to have the ability to only have to score 17 points in a game to win. Um, there, There are going to be times he's going to need to be able to put the team on his back for a stretch maybe and go out and win a game. Now, look, Georgia has a very easy schedule this year. So he's not going to be tested all that much, and he's not going to struggle all that much uh, with the opponents that he's facing. But still, he's going to need high-level quarterback play uh, throughout the year. And barring an injury, the other thing that he need, and Chip Towers does point this out. He kind of is a gunslinger, and he, he takes a lot of chances um, with the football that probably don't always please the coaching staff. And from that standpoint, some of those mistakes could come back to haunt you. Uh, they didn't last year. You know, they, they obviously were, were a team that that uh, defensively allowed those mistakes to happen and didn't have any, you know, hiccups with it. All that aside, Stetson probably has to be a better version of himself this year. And that's a lot of the reason why Georgia continues to get overlooked because they don't have high-level quarterback play. Not an insult on Stetson. It's just not. Simply put, he's not a high-level quarterback in college. He's a good quarterback. He's a sound quarterback, but he's not ever going to be the focal point of anybody's offense. It's that simple. They don't, defense coordinators don't worry about Stetson Bennett. They worry about Brock Bowers. They're going to worry about Kenny Milton and, and, uh, uh, Trey McIntosh and, and, you know, all those guys.
1: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash defender.
0: Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, how to get it right. Speaking of those two, uh, how are they going to perform? That's another thing Chip Tower says, how are they going to perform? And that's a fair question. You know, Georgia has always had a staple of running backs that once one leaves, they, they reload and are able to push through no reason to believe these guys won't no reason to believe at all that this running back group would struggle in any size, way, shape, or form to be able to carry the load. And, and here's the thing, if they do, then it falls back on Bennett. And that really is one of those things where uh, it could be very, very tough overall offensively. I, I know everybody feels hundred percent different about the offense and how sound it is and how it was last year, but, Things have changed. There is a little bit of turnover, and this team, while philosophically I don't think will look too much different, offensively, they might not have the crispness that they've had in years past. I think, again, that is fair. What do we say about the defense? Well, they've lost a ton, obviously, to the NFL. Um, Will they be as good as last year? Probably not. Will they still be a top 15, top 20 defense in America? Yeah, they probably will. There's no reason to believe that they won't. Um, They they have, as good as they've recruited, there's no reason to believe that uh, this defense won't be one of the top in the SEC and one of the top in the country. So I think that's fair. Um, The receiving core. Now, we're not talking about Brock Bowers because we know what he is, but let's look to the outside because you can't just throw the ball to Bowers nonstop, uh, and Eric Gilbert for that matter. You've got to be able to work the outside. So they're going to miss George Pickens. Well, by the way, might be an offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you look at this receiver core and wonder how much they can help Bennett execute the offense. And if they do, if they can, well, then guess what? You have a very good, well-rounded offense. And I think that is something that they haven't had in a long time. Um, They've been very running back focused, obviously. Um, You have a quarterback, again, who doesn't take a ton of shots, or at least initially early on last year, didn't take a ton of shots down the field. I think that opened up. I think it was fair to say that it opened up, and it did open up. Um, But this Georgia team this year, if they can be more well-rounded on offense, if they can um, find ways to to work the outside of the field as much as the middle of the field in the passing game, they're going to be really tough to beat. And, And I think that is something that, everybody desires and and, uh everybody offensively i mean you know todd monk and everybody they they desire to be able to work the outside of the field as much as they do uh the middle of the field and the running game so overall this is supposed to be very much a um you know a team that exudes balance i think that's something that kirby smart and and todd monk are looking for now as i said again I'll, i'll i'll give you a little bit deeper breakdown tomorrow. Georgia's is gonna win against Oregon. I think Oregon's gonna cover. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of history for that. So uh, I, I'll get more into that tomorrow, but uh, Georgia's got, a, a, a after Oregon, they got a nice soft landing spot. Uh, and it's just a question of uh, how quickly this team can get into like mid-season mode and start to destroy opponents the way they did last year. But the schedule's favorable. And uh, there's no reason to believe that they shouldn't at least be playing for the SEC title at the very, very bare minimum when it's all said and done. All right. That'll do it for us here today on A to Z on Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Uh, again, give me a follow on Twitter at Markzino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Back tomorrow for a Friday edition. Get you kicked off for Labor Day weekend. That's next. Make sure you listen to Hitting Hard John Chuckery and ATL Day 1's Jarvis Davis and the Teenage You guys have a great day. Don't forget to crap from anybody. See you.